Lashana Tova, Happy New Year, everyone. You're in the right place at the right time. And this is a great time to come before God and to say to the Lord, I'm ready for new beginnings. How about you? So you can be wholehearted in saying that. And to thank the Lord for everything that he's done, for everything that he is doing, and for everything that he will do. And we want to have hearts that are open, right? We want to have spiritual hearts that are open. We want to have spiritual eyes that see and spiritual ears that hear. We want to take seriously Moses' admonition from the Torah portion this week. You still don't have hearts that understand. You still don't have spiritual eyes that see. You still don't have spiritual ears that hear. But as we come to Rosh Hashanah tonight, we want to say, Lord, we want to be open with you. We bring our hearts to you. And I would encourage everyone just to, to pray with me. Lord, I'm coming to you with an open heart. And just say in your own words something to that effect. You don't, I don't have to hear you, but you should be able to hear you. Lord, I'm coming to you with an open heart, and I'm opening myself up to you because I want you to take my heart captive. I want my heart to belong to you fully. I want to love you with all of my heart and all that I am. And I pray, Lord, that I would be spiritually awake. I pray for all of us that we would be awake, that we would be alert, and that we would be ready for what you want us to experience. We pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. All day I've been thinking about a, a simple idea. It's, it's this, yearning for tomorrow, having hope for today. Yearning for a tomorrow where things are better. How many of you would like a better tomorrow? You can think about, you can think about what needs to be better, what you're hoping for. Imagine if all the tears in life were already dried up. Imagine if everyone in your life who you love and care about made it through their troubles and got to the other side. Imagine if broken relationships were healed, if disturbed situations were made peaceful, if sickness was just overcome completely. It's in our hearts, isn't it? God has put it in our hearts, and he wants us to yearn for tomorrow. He wants us to yearn for what's ahead, and he wants us at the same time to have hope for today. Sometimes when we're in the midst of difficulty, we just sort of get worn out, and we think, you know, let it all be over already, and we'll get on to heavenly things. But really, if, if heaven is the very best, you don't want to show up unprepared. <laughs> Better to come ready, don't you think? I mean, imagine going to your favorite amusement park, those of you that like amusement parks, but you're exhausted, and you come in, you paid the price, you look around and say, you know, I just don't have the energy for this. <laughs> That'd be a drag. Well, I don't think we want to spend the, the first few uh, eons just recovering. We want to learn how to be full of God now 
so that we can be full and satisfied when we're together forever. I was thinking also about how for some of you, this, this Rosh Hashanah marks the beginning of the first full year you will have in Messiah. The first full year you will have walking with the Lord and trusting in Messiah. And I just want to say to you, congratulations, Mazel Tov. <laughs> this, is, this is great to have a new year like that, to have a wonderful new beginning. I've been thinking about three things that I want for myself for this coming year. And when I think about desires and I think about dreams, I, I think, you know, there are so many possibilities you could have. I mean, you, you could be dreaming of a sports car or a big house or something else. And many dreams are, are worthwhile, many desires are worthwhile, but I want to talk about desires that are more than worthwhile, that have value forever. I, I want to talk to you about having a heart, having a mind, having a soul that, that yearns for what God yearns for and desires what God desires, that gives the highest priority to his priorities. You know, the last thing I want to happen is when, we, when I graduate to life in the next phase, I don't want to have like a meeting with the Lord where he says, you just didn't get any of it. <laughs> I was trying to, but you were trying to this. I want to show up and, and, and with humility feel a sense of uh, completion and reward and say to the Lord, I know it wasn't perfect, but I really did try to give you my heart. I really did try to give you my whole heart. I really wanted to do what was pleasing to you. I have a frame of reference for that. I've been married for 40-some years. <laughs> and, and my bride still has my heart, and I'm still learning new things about her. In fact, yesterday I learned that when she was a teenager, she and some girlfriends would sneak out and, and ride on a go-kart that they had. <laughs> driving around the little town of Muskogee, Oklahoma? I didn't know that. <laughs> it was a little hard to imagine her sneaking out and then getting on a go-kart, but <laughs> it made me happy to find something new. And in the same way, I don't want to approach my relationship with God as if it's stale, as if I know everything about him that I'm going to know. I want to approach it as if it's going to be fresh today. It's going to be like falling in love and first love. 
So I've been saying to the Lord, I really do want to yearn for what you yearn for. I want to want what you want. I want to desire what you desire. I want to make your dreams my dreams. I want to make your goals my goals. I, I want your priorities to be my priorities. I don't want you to say amen to me. I want to say amen to you. And so I was thinking about this coming year and what I want to be. And I thought, well, first of all, I want to be a, a person who shares God's goodness with other people. And as I was contemplating that, I was thinking about the, the scripture that says, I would have fainted unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I realized many people are actually in the condition where they're fainting because they're, they're not sure or maybe they don't know that they can experience the goodness of the Lord while they're alive in this life. They're vulnerable to, to fainting and to losing strength and losing their power and their forward momentum. They're vulnerable to just passing out, if you will, and giving up. And I was thinking about the psalmist when he declared this, I would have fainted. What he meant was, I was about to faint. I was about to lose it until I realized God is good now. He is ready to show his goodness to me. And, and then the psalmist tells us about it so that we can experience that, that kind of resurrection that comes when, you, when you're renewed again in God and in his faithfulness. Sometimes people think it's going to be so long into the distant future before I see the goodness of the Lord that they just can't imagine that things will get better tomorrow. And they imagine instead whatever is hard today is going to be harder tomorrow and even worse. The psalmist realized he would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And so that made me think about in what ways do I see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living? For me, in what ways? And I realized I want to be generous with others and share with them what God has given to me. Last night, I had a long day. I was, I was really exhausted. My body was ready to stop, I would say, a good six hours before my schedule was ready for me to stop. And as things were winding up, and I thought, oh, thank goodness I can go home and go to sleep, a person started asking me questions. <laughs> a person I didn't know. I just met, but a friend of friends, and she started asking questions about our life, about um, our experience, about who we were, and I tried to explain something simple. And you know, if you've ever tried to do this, this simple idea is not easy to explain. I said... I'm a Jew who believes in Yeshua, in Jesus. And her response was, well, doesn't that mean you're not Jewish anymore? 
And thus the conversation built. <laughs> but it wasn't just about me and my experience or about Jewishness. It was really about the Lord and about his faithfulness. And she wanted to know if I was raised in a family of people that had converted to Christianity but were still saying they were Jews. And I said, absolutely not. My parents saw you. You can't imagine. <laughs> and so she wanted to know, well, how did this happen? <laughs> and so I experimented with something, a short answer. <laughs> That's an experiment for me. <laughs> No, I experimented with, with, with this. I said, well, to be honest with you, I can't tell the story of how I came to know the Messiah without talking about the Holy Spirit. Because the experiences I had were spiritual experiences that changed everything for me. And she found that interesting, which led to more and more. And at that time, I'm thinking, I'm really tired. <laughs> but do you think I wanted to stop? No. <laughs> That's right. I wanted to keep going. I wanted to continue as far as the Lord wanted to take that conversation. And it went pretty far. It's very interesting. So I experienced the goodness of the Lord just in talking to this person. And I realized I want to share what God has shared with me. I want to talk about his faithfulness. I want to talk about his reality. I want to talk about the, the intelligence of faith, not the, the uh, stupidity. I told her some stories about, I've shared recently with you some uh, testimonies from uh, uh, one of the top 10 chemists in the world, who is also one of the top uh, nanotechnologists. And he's a Jew who knows Messiah. And the way he tells his story is he had an experience where Jesus came into the room where he was. So I told her this. And she said, wow. And he's a scientist. <laughs> and I said, yeah. And then I told her about an evolutionary um, biologist who, was, who, who just prayed to God, basically, the God he wasn't sure existed. But in a way that I could relate to. I know you exist, but you know, this Jesus thing, I don't know about. But if he's real, I want to know. And he said he was, he was transformed because a presence came into his room. A spiritual person came into his room, and he knew who it was. And his heart was so flooded with love that everything completely changed. And without going into all the details about how his life changed, you know, like the stuff he was into, I heard this guy tell the story that 
he was at Passover with his family, and his uncle, who loved him, just thought he was, he'd crossed the line because now he was believing in Yeshua. And so he was like pushing him. But the guy's dad said to the uncle, that's enough. And he said, I, I don't know this Jesus myself, but I do know one thing. He's changed my boy's life <laughs> for the better. And that's good for me. And so that kid who had been in trouble and then came to the Lord while he was in college uh, is now a PhD of very sophisticated biology. And he's a Jew who says, yeah, like I had this experience <laughs> with the Lord that changed everything. So I, I wasn't ready to go to sleep so quick last night. I wanted to have that conversation. I wanted to be available. You may not feel like you have the strength, but God can give you renewed strength even when you're exhausted. It's only your body that's exhausted. I was thinking also, I want to be a person who builds others up by bringing them good news from God. There's so much bad news around You'll be one of many if all you have to tell people about is the bad news. If your basic message is, everything's going to hell, and so are you, <laughs> I can tell you that you're just, you're just a gong banging, you know, making noise in this day and age. But if you can build people up and explain to them why it is that the God who you serve, you know to be tr not only true, but alive. And if you can take the hope that he puts inside of you, and you can share that with someone who doesn't have hope, your hope will not only increase, theirs will too. You cannot give away what you don't have. You can encourage people boost them and support them during times of their challenge. You can express, I want to express my faith. I want to inspire other people to trust the Lord. And I want to take the experience of God's love that changes me and use it to be a motivation to serve other people. I want to tell them good news that comes from God. How about you? And I thought about this third thing. I want to be a person who not only lives for God, I help other people do the same. I don't want to be one of those people who just makes it out of this phase of living. I don't want to escape by the hair of my chinny chin chin. I want to tell other people about the love of God and the mercy of God and the faithfulness of God. Not the idea about that, but the reality of it. I want to tell people about the God of the living. I remember the first person that did for me. I remember when Pat Pritchard told me what he believed and he started talking about the faithfulness of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He started telling me about how God was faithful to the Jewish people and had brought our people back and established us in the land. 
He rescued us. He delivered us. Even though the Holocaust had come against us, he had brought a promised remnant through, and we were alive, and he was alive. And I remember how challenging it was. God's alive? Are you sure? And he was sure. When you're sure, you can let other people know who aren't sure. I know this, God has helped me, I want to help other people. Life is so much better with God than without God. Can you verify that? Yeah. And I want other people to experience the better life. I want them to have the, the benefits. And so I was saying to the Lord, that's, that's what I want to grow stronger in this year. That's what's on my heart. I was thinking about this one thing Yeshua said, the one who endures to the end will be saved. And you know when, when we read that in the Greek, it says the one who endures to the telos which is not just the end of a time period, but it really has to do with purpose, higher purpose, highest purpose. And ultimate purposes and the highest ends of God. So we could translate it this way. The one who holds on to the ultimate purposes that God has and the highest ends that he has will experience the full measure of salvation. How many are in favor of that? I remember once I was reading in the scriptures and I saw all these things that I wasn't experiencing and I just had this simple reaction. I said, I want this. And somebody said, well, what do you want? And I said, I want it all. <laughs> and I didn't know any better. I didn't know, you know, you should have one major spiritual gift and one minor spiritual gift. <laughs> no one had told me that. And so I just said, you know, Lord, I want everything you've got. I want to share with you four passages. I want to give these passages to you with one goal in mind, that they would refresh your sense of what God wants. And these are not scriptures that touch maybe everyday life, and some people have actually given up on desiring what God says he wants and what he will do. Isaiah put it this way, Isaiah 40, verses 4 and 5. It's repeated in the British Hadashah. Every valley will be lifted up, and every mountain and hill made low, and the uneven ground will become smooth to walk on and the rugged land will become a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. I want to see the glory of the Lord revealed for all mankind. That's in my heart. The words of Micah in chapter 4. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord 
will be established as the highest of the mountains and it will be lifted up above the hills and peoples. Nations shall flow to it and many nations will come and say, come let us go up to the mountain of the Lord to the house of the God of Jacob that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion will go forth the Torah and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he will judge between many peoples, and he will decide disputes between strong nations far away, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn or train for war anymore. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree. And no one will make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken. You can hear words like that and say, that is such a naive idea. Or you can say, that's what God's working for. If you think that you can convene a few government agencies and make this happen, I'd just say, good luck. Because this is not about government agencies. This is about a renewing move of God that changes hearts far beyond what anybody could do on their own. However, to align our hearts and to say, yes, Lord, I want to see that. How many of you would like to see it? We have to learn to pray it. Micah goes on. Chapter 6, verse 8. He's told you, O man, O woman, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. These are requirements. What's required? You just heard it. He's shown you what's good. What's required? You've heard it already. And then this last scripture from Zechariah chapter 14, verse 9, which is part of the common uh, liturgy of all Jewish denominations. Zechariah 14, 9, The Lord will be king over all the earth. In that day, the Lord will be one and his name one. You know, there's coming a day, the Lord is promising us this, when the disputes about who's who will all be settled. And what may be controversial now will be a settled matter at that time. I want that. How about you? I'm willing to do my part to move in that direction. How about you? That's why I'm not afraid to lift up the name of Yeshua. I'm not afraid to open my mouth. I'm not afraid to answer questions. I'm not afraid to ask questions. I'm not afraid to leave someone who's asking hard questions, to leave them in a condition where they're still smiling 
and saying, that was a good conversation, rather than, I hope I never see him again. <laughs> I want to encourage you to yearn for what God is yearning for and to hold on to those great things that he says he's going to do that will change the world, some of which won't come into fullness until that blink of an eye. But we're still called to work in that direction, to yearn for it, to love what God loves, and to say yes to the Lord. Now, one of the traditions of Rosh Hashanah is to show mercy to those in need, and one of the ways that we do that is we take up special offerings at Rosh Hashanah and at Yom Kippur that support our mercy and our outreach ministries. And I wanted to just review with you like our portfolio, because it may not be clear to you. But we serve, I'm, I'm going to go through a list of many important things, but I'll do it quickly. We serve Messianic rabbis and congregations in Ukraine and Crimea. We support the rabbis, their families, and congregations. We serve in the International Alliance of Messianic Congregations and Synagogues and help build up leaders and congregations in the United States and many other countries. We serve in the Messianic Jewish Alliance of America in the leadership of the MJA, and we support the mercy and the humanitarian ministries of the MJA, the Joseph Project, which provides humanitarian aid in, to Israelis, all kinds of Israelis, Jewish, Christian, Arab, religious, secular, messianic, and medical and humanitarian help to the struggling messianic Jews in Ethiopia. We serve the whole world through our podcasts. We freely bring the good news of Messiah, Yeshua, to millions of people in more than 100 countries around the world. So far, we've reached over 9.5 million feeds and downloads of our podcast, which we've freely given away to people all over the world. We minister to Russian-speaking Jews here in Jacksonville, providing monthly service, food, and fellowship. We have a benevolence ministry that provides help to members during times of need. We have a prison ministry that visits the prisoners and ministers to them here in Northeast Florida. We support the ministries of the Jewish Family Services, including the Community Food Bank, and new for this coming year, a food program for Holocaust survivors here in Jacksonville. We support the Jewish National Fund, which develops the forests and the water supplies of Israel. We support Mug and David Adam, which manages the emergency blood supply and ambulance and emergency transportation vehicles in Israel. And we support the Clara White Mission here in Jacksonville that provides food and shelter to the homeless and the hungry. We're doing a lot together. And we use this time and the offerings at the high holidays, not to meet our needs, but to meet the needs of other people. So I want to invite our ushers to come forward, and I want to ask you to just open up your hearts and say, Lord, how do you want me to share the good that you've given me with others who need help? And some of us are digital givers, and so you can give online. You can go online in your normal ways and 
and, and give for the high holidays and for Rosh Hashanah or for the special offerings. If for some reason you're giving your tithes tonight, please mark it so that we know it's a tithe and we'll uh, properly credit it to that. But everything that we're doing here together is for one purpose. It's to share the mercy of God and the love of God with other people all over the world and here in Jacksonville. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your mercy that you freely shared for us, with us. Thank you for your kindnesses which you have bestowed upon us that we never could have deserved. We want to be people of generosity. We want to be people who have hearts of mercy to others. And so we're bringing to you, Lord, our special offerings, and we're saying, Lord, use not just what one of us gives, but what all of us give to make a difference in the lives of many people, to declare the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living to bring good news to the hungry and the poor, the immigrant, the sick. Thank you, Lord. We do this in the name of Yeshua, the rock of our salvation. Amen. Amen. Ushers, you can receive the tithes and the offerings. At the end of the service, by the way, we're going to go next door and have challah and apples and fellowship. We're going to go next door. Bring your flashlights. Let's continue with the prayers. So please stand before the Lord. Avinu Malkeinu, this prayer to God, who is Avinu Malkeinu, our parent, our father, our king. God is acknowledged as both ruler who sets the standards and parent who loves the child. Let's pray. Our father, our king, be merciful and answer us through the have no worthy deeds. Treat us charitably with love and kindness, for you have saved us. Say, Manu, Tata. 
Before our next prayer, I would like to read through a few places of the scriptures. First is Revelation chapter 20, verse 12. And I saw the dead, the great and the small, standing before the throne. The books were opened, and another book was opened, the book of life. And the dead were judged according to that was written in the books, according to their deeds. And the Revelation chapter 21, I want to read a few verses here. First, it's verse 21, first one. When I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. I also saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as bride, adorned for her husband. And the verse 7, And nothing unholy shall ever enter it, nor anyone doing what is detestable or false, but only those written in the book of life. Because of our faith in the Messiah Yeshua, we rejoice that our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Next prayer, please. Remember us unto life, O King who delights in life, and inscribe us into the book of life for your sake, O God of life. Zachreinu lachayim, melech hafez b'chayim, v'chatveinu b'sefer hachayim. L'mancha Elohim, l'mancha Elohim, l'mancha Elohim chayim. Zachreinu lachayim, melech hafez b'chayim, Bechatvenu besefer hachayim Laman ha'elohim, leman ha'elohim, leman ha'elohim ha'im Leman ha'elohim, leman ha'elohim, leman ha'elohim ha'im Reward us new life, King who delights in life. 
because your names are written in the book of life. Awesome. I want to invite our shofar worship team to come on up to lead us in a final round, just in case you're getting tired. <laughs> we don't want you to sleep for anything. And while they're coming up, I want to remind you that we've got a Sukkot picnic coming up, among other things, and we need volunteers who want to serve during the picnic uh, at the Shalom Center with, uh, in the kitchen with food prep, also with setup, with serving and cleanup. You can sign up at the welcome desk, leave your full contact information so we know how to get in touch with you. And um, Tracy A. Bush will follow up with you. So let's... Let's figure out where to stand safely. <laughs> that, 
the end when Ruth says, uh, Gadola, I want you who have shofars to join in. Those of you who don't have shofars, make your voices into a shofar and praise the Lord with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Let's, uh, let, let God know that we love him. Just use your throat to make the sound. Thank you. Psalm 118.15 says, The shout, the joyful shouting and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. So this is your best shot for your shout. <laughs> Hallelujah. Shevarim. Teruah. Tekia Tekia Gedola And the winner of the last Shofar Standing Contest, Bethany, I think, Bethany. And first runner up, Alex. <laughs> so next year, who knows how the competition will go. What, what an awesome time. We're gonna go next door. I encourage you, if you can, to leave out these go out these doors, and if you do have an iPhone with a flashlight or something like that, just light the way for yourselves. We'll try to have as much light as we possibly can as we're going over there. Make sure you take your children with you. Do not leave your children in the building. Don't leave your stuff in the building. Gather everything up, and then we're gonna go over there and we're gonna say a few blessings and have challah, apples, and fellowship. See you next door.